Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris of Fellow Souls on social media. Welcome back to So Over 50 podcast on So Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. So Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on So Over 50 podcast as we start to talk about the practical ways that you can protect your accounts. So we're talking online accounts. So Over 50 intersects with all communities. Listeners, the aim of today's podcast is to give you some ideas about what you can do to keep your accounts and your identity safe. With the holiday seasons approaching, it's good to make sure that you can take a few steps to be safe online. With the shopping that happens during the holiday seasons, as a customer, when we shop online or pay bills, those organisations and businesses we go to are responsible to keep our information secure. So when we're approached by unexpected emails and messages demanding payments, we should feel comfortable to go directly to those companies to find out if these unexpected demanding messages are actually from the company itself and not a setup to scam us out of our hard-earned money or to steal our identity for their own gain. So just some basic guidelines when it comes to having strong passwords. Tip number one is make sure that your passwords are strong. Minimum of 10 characters is a good idea and using a mix of letters, numbers, and special characters. So if you use strong passwords, it makes it a lot harder for cyber criminals to crack your password. Number two, make sure that your password is hard to guess. Three, be creative and use unique passwords for all of the apps and the devices that you use. Number four, don't share your passwords ever. Number five, use different passwords for each of your online accounts, and that means using different passwords in total. And number six is store your passwords safely. Recently, the Server 50 Instagram account was fished. They received a copyright notification from what looked like Instagram itself. Now, the account wasn't hacked, but it did receive a notice with a photo that had been blanked out from the archive stories. It looked real. Many hours of work went into addressing the notification and it was a few frantic hours later that they found the sale over account was actually fished. You know, the notification went to them specifically. The good news for server 50 followers is that no one clicked the link that was in the fake direct message. And so that's why Keeping your account safe is an ongoing task that everyone has to manage, even though we're not IT or security experts. So today we've got Jenny, who is a retired accountant, and she's been a computer educator. She's lived through the adaptions of technology that we now take as a given. So I've invited Jenny to discuss how to keep passwords safe and strong through her life experience. Now, we're not experts in this area, so our discussion is about how we deal with creating passwords and how we set up our technology to make sure that our online accounts and our identity are safe. Now, if you work in the IT field or would like to record a podcast to help listeners keep their accounts safe, please direct message me on Instagram at Style. 
So thanks for listening so far and let's get into today's podcast. Jenny, thank you for being today's So Over 50 guest. Thank you very much for inviting me, Maria. This is your second podcast now, isn't it, Jenny? It is, yes. <laughs> Does that make me a veteran or something <laughs> or getting there? Or could I have my learner plates off? No more learner plate for you. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about protecting our passwords. And I think it would be interesting for our listeners to find out what your history is, what your working history was. I am retired now, but I have been an accountant for about 40 years. And in that time, computers have changed astronomically because when I started, we used punch cards, which are probably a totally alien concept these days. And then PCs came along and computers were about the size of a small building to start. And then they started getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Also, when the World Wide Web took off as well, then that introduced a whole level of complexity and need for data security as well to be able to protect you from someone who wants you to pay them X amount of dollars or or wants to get into your bank account. And really, it could be anyone anywhere who might want to use your identity for whatever reason they want to use it. It just created a whole new lot of people who could be involved in that when globalisation happened. With your background and how you've seen information security change, what practices do you have to protect your identity and your passwords? I make sure that all my computers have malware protection and virus protection software. That gives your computers a level of protection. Yeah. So what else do you do? Then I make sure that when I do a password, I don't go by the recommended 15 characters of X, Y, Z, upper, lower, nines, and all those sorts of things. Because I want a password that can be easily remembered so that you don't have to write everything down, I have a word but make sure that that word doesn't have a capital in the beginning of it, which would be normal. Stick it somewhere else. Stick numbers in the middle of it as well. And also use a lot of the other characters, such as percentage signs, question marks, hash, any of those things. So mix up your password and it's a lot easier to remember eight characters like that than it is to remember 15 characters of total letters and nothing that makes any sense. Change your passwords regularly as well. Don't keep a list of your passwords by your computer and don't keep it on your computer. If you are going to have a list of passwords, use something like Excel to have another level of passwords that's needed to be able to get into those passwords. So the more and more levels of protection that you have got, the more that the final results, such as passwords, are more protected. 
So are you saying to have password protection added to a document or a spreadsheet? Yes. And then also there's the password that you have got to get into that computer as well if you've kept it on another computer. I don't have my passwords necessarily on my desktop. I have it on an iPod or somewhere different that's in another location. It's what we used to do is when we did backup in any of the businesses that I work for, we always took our backups home. We never left them. So anything that you want to protect, have it somewhere else. I think that's what that boils down to. Try to use multi-level verification as well. Google now have just bought in two-step verification. That's using your phone and using your computer to be able to get into your Google account. It also works the same. I do online shopping. My online shopping is two passwords as well. But then I've also got another password that I've got to get into the machine to be able to get onto my app for Woolworths. So that's what I'm saying. Try and have as many passwords and steps that you can have to get to that end result being being able to shop and spend my money at Woolworths. (laughs) You do that securely too. Yes, yes. I do all mine through PayPal, which I find then you are not putting your credit card all the time up on a computer. You've got one protection there and PayPal also give you a guarantee then if your money is hacked or anything happens, then you've got some protection there instead of putting a credit card in and you've got nothing from that point. But wouldn't banks also have some sort of protection for cards that you use? I don't know exactly, but I would suspect that if you were using an application that they weren't in favour of, they would say, buyer beware. So I think it comes down to wherever you make your purchases, read the terms and conditions before you agree to them. That's if you can go to 15 or 20 pages that there are in them. And I don't know whether that's designed that way or not to get people just to say, I'm not going to read all of that because it's so many pages of them. But you can get it emailed to yourself so that you can read them. And then, yeah, I suppose then the other thing too is when you get used to reading them, you can quickly scan to the parts of the term conditions that are usually written in favour of them rather than in favour of yourself. Yes, for sure. Passwords, I don't know if if your listeners have come across them, 3D fingerprint passwords as well. I mean, mine is on my my right hand because that's my dominant hand. But if I try to use the left hand, the fingerprint isn't exactly the same. That's true. Also, they can come in lock patterns as well. Jenny's talking about lock patterns here. So on Android phones, users can add an unlock pattern to protect their phone. It's much like a password that you enter to unlock the phone. Instead of entering numbers or letters, you instead draw a pattern across nine little circles or pads as they like to call them. Its advantage is that there are far more possibilities than a typical four-digit passcode. It's also quick to enter these patterns. 
And that's what a lock pattern is. And lock patterns, you want to try and make them not a nice little square or something along those lines or a nice X. Make it a little bit of a squiggle as much as you possibly can instead of making it something simple that someone can try and hack into. Okay, so I think on our blog post for this podcast, we'll have links to all of these types of protecting yourself, lock patterns, multi-level verification, so people can go back and have a, a look at what we're talking about. Those passwords aren't just a lot of characters and numbers is what I'm saying. They've got a whole lot of different connotations these days. Okay. You're saying have passwords, change them regularly. Absolutely. Use the multi-level verification. Yep. Read the terms and conditions before you agree to from buying from someone. Locked patterns are another way of securing your identity. Do you have any accounts online that you share quilting information about? Most of mine I use email or I use text messages or something like that for family quilting via Zoom or YouTube. In one of our recent Sewing Friends podcasts with Sue and Sheila, Sue talked about using public Instagram accounts just for her sewing and then having a private Instagram account for personal reasons. If you are a Sober 50 follower with a private account, you might want to consider keeping that account private, but creating a public Instagram account to share your sewing projects with and getting involved in challenges. Yep. One that I did come up with was you mentioned crosswords as well. Yes. Now, if you are a gamer, you can have, like PayPal, you can have a name and an avatar, and then for each game that you go into, you go into that game centre and you register that game. So nobody actually sees you online as being your name and your password. You just become that avatar and that game name, and that's it. So that's another protection that you can have there. And I use that for my crosswords. I'm a gamer as well. A gamer for crosswords and also a gamer online. Yes, a gamer online. Yes, I do a few online. Yes, not the cut them up ones. I do more the logical games. Yes. That's really good. You've just got to get something that you feel comfortable with as well. There is no use having something that is so complicated in getting into it and getting started that you just don't want to use it. Okay. You need to try and have something and work what you can around to get something that you're comfortable with. So on whatever system you're using, have some protection against malware. Yeah. Have passwords on various accounts that you are involved in and use passwords where possible on documents and information that you've got within particular applications as well. Yes, the more levels that you've got, the more protection that you've got. Great advice. All right. On the podcast blog post, we have links to ScamWatch to research about emails, texts and direct messages that are unsolicited. So for example, If you were not expecting these organisations to contact you, that's an unsolicited message, so you weren't expecting it. We've also got links to the Australian Competition and Consumer 
website and the eSafety Commissioner website. If you're looking at copyright, got links to the Arts Law, to Arts Law of Australia. So there's a lot of information that we've now got for listeners on the podcast website. Mm. We'll make sure that we progressively add to this blog post as well. If there's any listeners out there who have got expertise in identity protection or copyright, please contact us at So Organised Style Podcast on Instagram or on the website. Very good message. If any of your listeners know about VPN, that would be a handy one to get some more, which is a virtual private network so that you don't advertise your network to the world. If your listeners have got more information about that, that may be one that will be helpful as well. So we should look at developing another podcast about protecting your VPN. Yes. Thanks for that. No worries. Yep. Jenny, have you got any other words of wisdom for our listeners before we wrap it up? Just a couple of things on scams, that's all. Yep. The old adage, if it looks too good to be true, it probably isn't true. And government departments do not accept gift cards as payment for accounts. Don't let anybody convince you of that. And also, if you are older as I am and you are worried about something, give the department a call or go and ask somebody else. Do not listen to the advice that the scammer is telling you. They're trying to get your money. Go to someone else that you trust and ask them about it. Since August this year, a lot of people have been getting unsolicited messages on their phone saying that they've got deliveries and to click a link, Mm. that's a, a scam that's been happening. Never click a link unless it is a reliable person that you trust that's sending you that link don't ever click a link if you want it um you know such as telstra or such and they say here pay your bill through this link don't do it scammers are very good at setting up copy or ghosting websites and so you may Mm -hmm. look like you're paying your account but in actual fact you've just paid it to the scammer So if someone comes to you and it doesn't look right, go directly to who you think the source is and confirm whether that's correct or not. Or go to another computer and go straight to their website. Have a look through there as well. Try not to use the same computer that may have that scammer's information on it. Don't send money unless it's through a reliable source. Don't send money. Oh, you know, I've just got this FedEx account. Just just um, slip it in there and we'll get it. Yeah, no, don't, don't do that. Do it through your bank or do it through some other source. A reputable source. And a trusted one. And I think everyone needs to be safe as with COVID, be safe with your internet. Thank you, Jenny, for coming back on the podcast and giving us some ideas on how to protect our accounts online. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of So Organised Style Podcast for So Over 50 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Jenny, soundbybensound.com. 
you can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. There are over 270 free podcasts to listen to, and we'd really love your support on our Patreon account. I'll be developing more podcasts about protecting your identity, protecting your accounts as we go, as I find people who have got good information to share with us on this podcast. So if you are someone who understands and can talk about copyright, identity, VPN, please contact me on style on Instagram or at www.soulorganisedstyle.com on our website page or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.